2: Got a great show planned for you, but I say that every night because every night we do. I work hard on putting these topics together. So tonight we're talking about financial stress. What? I know. That already, that word probably spikes everyone's anxiety. Just saying the word finances, some people are like, stop, stop. But uh, it's important to talk about, you know, holiday time, post-COVID. There's, you know, a few things we can psychologically do to kind of make the impact of it less but as all as always, it's important to go into those things that are hard for us or difficult, so we can um, dismantle, challenge, you know, shift it a little bit. Um, a new survey, this is coming out of the American Psychological Association, it said that about approximately 64%. Ah, that's too high. That's a big number. 64% of Americans report feeling stressed about money. I get it. It's not ideal with everything that's going on. I was. Uh, recounting it in my head the other day and I was thinking the, the shipping bottleneck (laughs) stuff going on with uh, fair wages and labor shifts and changes about unionizing and wanting, you know, more money and raising the minimum wage. And then the holiday times come and it's just kind of like, It's like a a one-two punch or a little bit of a sucker punch, all this. Um, And the holidays definitely bring it up. And I've been advocating over and over that you can do your holidays differently. It might have been something where, you know, every year traditionally there was lots of gifts or gift exchange. You're allowed to say, hey, listen, moving forward, or at least this year, it's going to be different. We're not going to do that. It's okay to have a Christmas without gifts. I know that everyone's horrified when I say that. But it's okay. Or to reduce the number of gifts that we give or to make everyone only get one gift for someone else because everyone has a lot of pressure. And that's why I feel bad when people are forced to give gifts or spend money they don't have for participation in an office gift exchange or a social circle gift exchange. I, I want people to feel better opting out of that, but I wish people would stop trying to do that. Money's tight. A lot of people don't want to spend extra money. So I want to just advocate for businesses, offices, social circles, friends, groups, to not maybe be asking for people to be participating and spending money. But again, even with your loved ones, you're allowed to say, hey, this year, let's make homemade gifts or let's do experience-based gifts or let's wait till next year or whatever it is. It's okay to do that. Um, But <clears throat> what are the things we can do to help deal with some of the stress? It's not going to completely resolve it because when we can't get our basic needs met, we should be worried. That is a call to action. I, I don't want to live in a world where we have indifferent you know, robotic responses to true struggles and tragedies. Because remember, mental health is not, I I I could say this probably every episode, and I could probably say this in my office at least once with every single client. Mental health is not the absence of negative feelings. Mental health is not the absence of depression, anxiety, and stress. It is appropriate and healthy to feel depression, anxiety, and stress at times in your life, especially as the result of stressors. It is appropriate to feel stress when stressors are present. And so I want to remind people that mental health and therapy is not about how do I feel no stress while I'm struggling financially. You're not a robot. That is not going to happen. All the medication in the world's not even going to do that. It's about managing it better, which is really about mental regulation, emotional regulation. That's mental health. Not being afraid of your feelings, feeling all of them, feeling all of them deeply, and being able to manage them. But sometimes they're more overwhelming than what we have the resources for. It's difficult. Um, So what are some things to think about? And this is different information coming in from different financial experts around the psychology. If you really need to figure out budgeting and things like that, you have to work with a financial planner or manager. Um, That's outside the realm of mental health. So from a mental health perspective, the first thing is really try to figure out what needs most focus right now, making one financial decision at a time. There's something very overwhelming when you're sitting there with a list of things, money going everywhere. Um, I've had times in my life where I just felt so overwhelmed by all my financial responsibilities. You know, rent, college loans, uh, basic needs, et cetera, et cetera. And it just felt like it never stopped. I just know being a therapist, you have malpractice insurance, you have licensing renewal insurance, you have the money you have to lay out for your continuing education units, you have to pay your office rent, um, uh, your business license. It's endless. You're, you know, marketing on whatever website and you're just like, oh my God, that's all before I even actually got got to the office. All of that's, you know, requested and necessary. So these things can abound. So you got to make one financial decision at a time. Um, Otherwise, you're gonna deplete yourself. Um, So essentially, space out your financial decisions is what they say. They say space them out instead of making too many at once and becoming overwhelmed. Because again, we're looking at it from a mental health perspective. We're trying to keep ourselves as grounded and as safe and secure as possible. We don't wanna get into overwhelm. Because remember, financial issues happen in the middle of your life already in progress. <laughs> they don't happen when everything else is handled. The kids are good, no one's sick, no work issues. It, it does not happen like that. They tend to occur while everything else is going on. Like I said, in the middle of the holiday season, during COVID, etc., cetera, et cetera. So um, we're gonna take a break and we'll keep talking about ways to deal with financial stress. But the first one was one thing at a time which is pretty much the perspective for getting through a lot of difficult things um <clears throat> stick around we're gonna come back and cover that and then uh we'll be doing some dms so if you've got a question for us drop in the dms on our loveline ig page questions and topics but otherwise stick around we'll be back listening to loveline with dr chris on channel q and odyssey
0: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes
2: and fees may vary. All right y'all, we are back and we're talking today about financial stress. I know, just hearing that is stressful. Um, But we can't avoid things that stress us out. Spent a lot of my early youth doing that. I thought if I ignore it, I didn't think it would go away, but I thought if I ignore it, then I don't have to deal with it right now. And that was preferable delay everything. But then things build up and they actually amplify. When I was trying to avoid all responsibilities, especially financially, it just got worse. And I realized that it's usually not as bad as you think it is. And even if it is, I felt more grounded and more in control when I knew I was engaging with it, when I was tackling it, even if it was just the organization of it. So that's the next tip. The first one is make one decision at a time. But the second tip is really kind of step into action taking action even while scared is part of resolving some of that because let me tell you like i said in my early years when i just ignored everything i i wasn't able to fully detach from it i could feel the weight of it in the back of my mind i'd fall asleep still in a distant way worrying about it thinking about it it would bump into me often a commercial would remind me about something let's just use student debt as an example i'm like ah i'll worry about it at another time but then I was paying money on those loans and some of them can default and that can impact your credit score and all these other things. And it's like, don't let it get that bad and out of control, even though it might be as bad as you think it is, or maybe it isn't stepping into action and contacting some of these lenders or creditors. And you get put on maybe something like a very, very manageable payment plan. It lets you feel like you're doing something because you are, it can reduce the anxiety because you're, you're doing something. And it also protects you down the road. So don't be short-sighted and just say, I'm going to be out of sight, out of mind and ignore it and worry about later. Because later when it comes, you've actually, like I said, amplified it and complexified it made it worse. Where if you could just step into a little bit of your anxiety and get on the phone with some of your lenders and creditors and create a payment plan, that usually is enough for them. They'll back off. They'll actually leave you alone. They'll stop emailing and calling because there's a plan in place. And if you keep it, You're left alone, and you can actually see what you're doing, and you know that resolve is happening, and you even are on your way towards that. So it really is about leaning in when you want to lean out. And I think that's a larger mental health um, um, idea, or ideal even. Stepping in the way, the way out is by going through. We do a lot of bypassing, emotional bypassing, spiritual bypassing, where we're like, Stay happy, and it's like, No, go into your rough feelings. You know what I mean? Smile, everything will be okay. No, go into your grieving, feel those feelings, let the emotions go to completion, ride that wave out. We are a big culture of avoidance. I work with couples where they've been together for three years, five years, 10 years, and they still haven't even talked to each other about what they like erotically. They, even, they haven't even really gotten vulnerable with each other. It's quite phenomenal how avoidant we are. So it's not shocking that when a major stressor like a financial stressor is present in our lives that we completely don't go into that. Um, some people are great with money. They've always been. They were raised in a family where they were taught good financial management. God bless you all. God bless you. A lot of us weren't because our parents didn't know themselves, or we were just trying to get our basic needs met and pay the bills. We didn't have time to worry about investments and paying back loans and and budgets and things like that. Um, I was not raised in a family. I had a, a father who handled all that to our detriment sometimes because I never had and I was able to learn those skills. I wasn't I wasn't told to. Um, And then as adults, we have like this mess and this credit, which is also why we're trying to get rid of things like credit scores. You should not for the rest of your life as an adult be penalized for bad decisions you made as a young adult or a teenager. That's a mess. The fact that we're giving teenagers the responsibility of signing up for credit cards and college loans and then as adults thinking they're gonna understand what they did or even stand by it, that's a mess. So I am a, I am a fan of canceling student loan debt, 100% all of it. And for those that already paid theirs off, you shouldn't want people to have to go through what you went through, okay? I'll be paying off mine real soon and I still want other people to not have to pay off theirs. I'm not like, well, I had to pay for mine. You gotta pay for yours. Really? Grow up. You shouldn't want people to have to go through the rough things you went through. Be a better human being than that. But um, yeah, we gotta talk about This stuff in school, too. Budgeting. Let me tell you something. When I went on my first budget as an adult, I was like, What? But I'll tell you, it creates a safety net. It makes me feel like I'm being thoughtful and smart about my money. So, as I talk about having the courage to create a payment plan or looking at a wider view picture of what we're up against, start doing some research. How do I do a budget? You have to, you know, as adults, we're not going to be handled a lot of the skills we need. We have to do that work ourselves here in LA, which I know is not how it might be for others, but here in LA people have no problem twice a day. I'm sorry. People have no problem every single day for an hour or two going to the gym, working on their gym bodies, but yet won't put any thought into working on their spiritual health their mental health or their financial health. Like maybe take an hour out of your gym routine and focus on some other muscles that need, you know, some building. Um, So again, step into the process somehow. Let some things start to get done. There's apps for that. There's even people you can hire if you have the finances for that. But but really start to take some action. Taking action will always start to make us feel better. All right, we're gonna take a little break. And when we come back, we're gonna keep talking about um, tips for reducing Some of the financial stress cannot be completely resolved because there's a real stressor in existence. It is healthy and appropriate to feel the impact of its presence. So we're talking about ways to kind of manage and reduce it a little bit. Um, So stick around. More to come and then some DMs. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back, y'all. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about financial stress, ways to reduce some of it, manage it. Trust me, just that word finances sends a lot of people into a uh, shame spiral and anxiety spiral, so I'm holding space for that. I know it's not the funnest topic. We're looking at it somewhat through a mental health lens, but nonetheless, this is something we have to learn to encounter. So we just talk about ways to reduce it. Uh, the first thing we we're talking about is just making one decision at a time, not being too overwhelmed. And then I was saying, and at the same time, as you're just tackling one thing at a time, start tackling something. Get into the process. Create a payment plan of your own or with the lender or or, or whoever it is, the, the collector, and just know that it's getting handled, that backs them off, that lets you know that there's an end in sight, but don't do what I did early in my life where I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll worry about it another time. That's probably a lot of my, you know, white, white privilege speaking, um, white middle, upper middle class privilege speaking where everything in my world did tend to get handled somehow magically. Uh, because of the resources that were made available to me. So I appreciate that. But we want to step into action in some way. And that's actually how we move into the next step. Start tracking your spending. Action. I know it's scary, but having awareness and consciousness of a process does reduce anxiety. Research shows that tracking is an effective tool. And you just want to start by keeping a daily tally of what you're spending money on. That's kind of part of starting to get towards a budget. When I had to look at where my money was going, I had to confront my spending, and I had to confront what's most important to me, my psychological comfort, the things I'm I'm, I'm purchasing, what am I wasting money on, and then I started re- reducing my spending. I started, I bought a French press. Those bad boys are like $5 or 20 bucks. I was buying coffee all the time at the coffee shop near my house. How much money I was spending a month on coffee when I was getting it every day from a coffee shop? That is ridiculous. My French press makes better coffee, stronger coffee. I don't even use good coffee. That's the wildest part about it. I buy that cheapy, cheapy, gigantic coffee brand, use my French press, French press, I don't know why I'm adding letters to it in consonants, and I make it at home. And it's freaking delicious. And I can't even tell you how much money I save. <laughs> it was astronomical. When you start to budget and look at your spending, you're blown away by what you're wasting money on. I got rid of some of the TV streaming services that I never use, or ones that just aren't that great or worth it. You can you can re you can rejoin when a series comes on that's important. You watch it and then cancel it again. You can join and cancel as often as you want, but don't have that floating around unused. You can also share accounts. You can share accounts like Netflix with people. You are allowed to have a certain amount of users on it. So get a couple of friends together and split that. Same thing with things like Spotify. Split that. Spending 10 bucks a month on my Spotify. You can split that with someone. So split what you can. Start making your coffee at home. Maybe you got some weights and stuff at home throughout the pandemic. Do home workouts. Uh, maybe instead of you know, gym memberships, you're gonna move your body outdoors. There's a lot of public parks that have some equipment that's like outdoor. There's so many ways we can reduce our spending. I also went through this fascinating thing where I realized I was, spending a lot of use, I was spending a lot of money on clothes and I realized I have a closet full of things I wasn't wearing. So I put a moratorium on spending and I said no more clothing, buying for a while and I'm actually gonna go through my closet, throw away what I don't wear because it's getting in the way of me seeing what I do wear and want to wear because there's so much stuff everywhere. So I, th- I, I didn't throw it away, I actually donated it. So please donate things, I, I should correct myself. I took three bags to um, the Goodwill by my house So donate the clothing also to shelters. Uh, They need a lot of things, especially things like socks and warm, uh, cooler weather wear. And then you have less clothing and then you're able to see more of your clothing. And I started to force myself to wear what I already had. There are things that I'd only worn a few times, but I was constantly bringing more in. And then you move into the rule that if you're going to bring something home, something has to exit. So if I'm going to get a new pair of pants, I have to get rid of a pair of pants by donating them. If I'm going to go get, I don't know, a new sneakers, I had to donate old sneakers. One thing in, one thing out. It's a, beautiful, beautiful process. I promise you. And it was hard for me at first because I was that guy that was not paying attention to finances for a while. I'd worry about when I had to worry about it. And then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, I need to pay off loans, get on a budget, put some retirement money aside, look at what I'm wasting money and spending money on. But the only way you can do that is by tracking your spending. It's not as hard as you think. So for like a week, every day, write down everything you're spending money on. And at the end of the week, look at how much you're spending on certain things. Like, right, how much am I spending on coffee? How much am I spending on streaming services? How much am I spending on clothes? How much am I spending on drinking? And how can we reduce that? I don't drink. I can't tell you how much money I saved on not drinking. Y'all don't know how expensive the cocktails out here are. It's been a while, but like as of three years ago, at one of the popular places here in West Hollywood, do you know a cocktail, one cocktail, was $21? That is ridiculous ridiculous the amount of money y'all are killing me and then i'd order like the hummus plate over there oh anyway look at your spending it'll blow your minds open um all right we're gonna take a break slide into those dms and then we're going to come back keep talking about how to reduce our financial stresses um dms if you got dm for us drop it in there on our love line ig page that's any questions you got about anything mental health centered which is pretty broad and uh or topics you want covered things you want us to maybe circle back to drop into deeper let us know and past episodes are always over at wearechannelq.com scroll down look for love line click on it you can binge post share re-listen they are all there but um, stick around and join us because we'll be back trying to uh, reduce the fear that the word finances brings up in almost all of us. You're listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back. And now it is time to slide into those DMs.
1: Sliding into the DMs.
2: All right, this one's a long one. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Nina, and I dated this girl, Megan, on and off for five years. That's a long time. It's a long time to be with someone, especially on and off. I wonder what it is that over that course of time has made that you know not so stable or consistent. But back to your question, you said we started off really rocky. All right, makes sense. She lived in Florida, I lived in New York. Okay, that's a far drive, about an hour, hour, what was that an hour, hour and a half flight? far money time I get it uh then when we finally moved in together she lied to me said that her parents knew but they didn't okay they didn't even know we were dating okay finally a year ago she came clean we've been working on our relationship we're even engaged Ah. But again, what do you mean she came clean? Maybe she had boundaries with them. Maybe they weren't healthy enough to be told. Remember that. Sometimes we don't share information with people because they haven't earned the right to it. We don't they haven't earned our trust. Maybe they're not mature enough to handle it. So don't always see the absence of information as being a sign that there's something wrong with the person withholding. Sometimes that's them having healthy boundaries, right? We don't disclose things to people that aren't close to us that we don't respect or aren't safe. Remember that. We don't just vomit out information to people, but nonetheless, you're engaged. That's awesome. Back to your question. However, I feel so alone. A lot of my friends don't talk to me anymore because they don't like her. Oh, why can't they talk to you while not liking your friend? If, if you don't like the partner of your friend, don't spend time around them. But everything you enjoyed about your friend is still intact. You can still call them, text them, and see them. You don't have to spend time with them as a couple. I have friends where I don't want to spend time with them and their partner. I just want to spend one-on-one time to build the deep intimacy we have and to connect around what we enjoy. Um, but to completely punish a friend because you don't like their partner and say, I don't like your partner, so I'm just going to stop talking to you, that actually speaks poorly of you. Be better than that. That's bizarrely punishing and not necessary. Just say, I'm not really a fan. I don't necessarily need to be around them. But like, be better than that, truly. Um, I'm really sorry to hear that your friends are that crappy. Uh, back to your question. You said the friends that did keep around are always a little different around her. Okay. My family acts normal around her, but I know they worry. I don't wanna be picking sides. I love her and I miss my friends and family. Can I have both? Yes. I'm curious though what it is that your friends are not comfortable with. I'm curious what your friends are picking up on that makes them feel unsure. Your family as well. There might be something to that because what you're kind of telling me is everyone is unsure about her. You said friends have left you because of it. The friends that stayed are unsure about her and your family is. Are you ignoring a red flag? Like, have you asked them all what it is they struggle with? Because if it's a lot of the same things, there might be something to that. But yes, in theory, of course, you can have both. Your friends don't all need to be friends with your friends. Your partner doesn't need to be with their friends. Your friends don't always need to be friends with your partner. We can have different boundaries. I want people to spend time alone in the world. I want people to spend time with friends in the world. I want people to spend time only with their partner in the world. I want friends, to sometimes just see their people to just see their friend, family. We don't always have to be doing everything together. Remember that. But I'm a little concerned that everyone else has so many concerns. <laughs> I don't think they should punish you for it. Like, be better than that. But pretty consistent you basically said does anyone enjoy this person like what is that about also what was it that made you on and off for five years like is that the same behavior that they're zeroing in on it sounds like there's something missing so i would focus on what it is that they're struggling with with her and and work on addressing that whatever that means but the friends that cut out they're not, they're not, they're not healthy enough to bring back. So let them go. But the friends that stuck around, I would really talk to them and say, what am I missing? You know, and listen to them. They care about you. Your family has these anxieties. Like there's something to that. Don't just brush that under the rug. Um, you know, sometimes we can learn a lot about ourselves by letting people hold up a mirror and reflect something back. So be willing, be willing to hear that and, and to do something with that. Um, Circle back and let us know. I'd really love to know what it is everyone in your life is struggling with with this person. Um, anywho, that's our DM. If you got a DM for us, you got a question, drop in the DMs on our Loveline AG page. And uh, past episodes of Loveline are over at wearechannelq.com. Click on Loveline, scroll down, look for the name, click on it. They're all there. You can binge, post, share, we listen. Uh, stick around though, we got more to come. But, um, that question really sits with me heavily. You know, If everyone who's important to us is saying the same thing, we definitely want to listen to that. Um, Don't ignore that. All right, y'all, like I said, we'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we're back, y'all. We are talking about financial stress. Trust me, just hearing that word makes my anxiety spike. And we're just finding ways to kind of manage it better, reduce some anxiety. Talking a little bit about making one decision at a time, just go slow, go slow. Then we were talking about actually tracking your spending as a way to step into action. Whenever we have anxiety around something, leaning into it and stepping into action reduces the anxiety, it always does. It's far scarier to lean away from it and to try to ignore it or go into denial because you feel the weight of it, where we start teasing it apart, we often realize it's more manageable than we thought. And even if it's not, we realize we're starting to take some action and that feels good. And it starts to be, it starts to build momentum, but also competence, where you're like, wow, you know what, I really do have this. You start looking at your spending, and you do some research on how to do a budget, and you're like, I can do this, I've got this, look at how much money I'm saving. That really starts to enhance well-being and a sense of safety. Uh, I think it's really bad when we're not tracking our spending and wasting money. As I said, I was looking at how much money I was wasting on bringing in new clothing. And I realized one in one out, if I'm bringing in new shoes, pair of shoes, got to get donated, getting rid of what I don't wear, uh, not spending going maybe for a day or a week without spending. I started making coffee at home versus at a coffee shop every day. I can't tell you, I'm not even going to tell you how much money I saved. You know, some of the coffees where I live about, let's say five bucks a pop. 30 days in a month-ish? That's 150 a month just on coffee. I now make it at home with my French press. I can't even tell you. I think I spend probably about $5 a week now. So that's about just over, it's probably like $25 or $30 a month down from 150. It's a savings of 120 bucks a month just on coffee. I was talking about canceling streaming services and rejoining when there's a series you want, canceling when you don't. Also sharing a membership with people. You're allowed to do that. There's there's a certain number of users you're allowed on certain accounts. Split it with everyone. Make sure, you know, 9.99 month charge down to maybe three, if there's three of you, three bucks or even less, you know? canceling what you're not using but the only way we can do that is if we're tracking our spending looking at where our money's going um the next step is to identify financial stressors and make a plan i talked about that a little bit taking stock of your financial situation is going to help write down how you can reduce expenses right then you commit to a plan how we're going to tackle this and then you start reviewing it regularly it's going to be a little anxiety at first but reduce writing a plan and sticking to it will reduce the stress and as I said earlier, and I know that this is very scary, but these people are there to help you because they want their money back. <laughs> what I mean by that is if you're having trouble with some of your bills or your debt, if you call them, they already know you owe them the money, they're already calling you and emailing you, but if you call them, they will work with you because they want their money and they'll do whatever they need to do. And if, you, and if they, they are willing to help you with a payment plan, the bank, Credit card companies, utilities, they will help you with the payment plan. And then you know that you're handled. They'll leave you alone, stick to it. Let them know how much you can afford. They will work with you. They just want some money coming in. It is far better to call them. They are not gonna personalize it, they don't care. They just wanna know how much you can pay a month and they'll hook it up. I, I, that was a very scary thing for me to do when I was younger, to reach out and be like, okay, what's, I owe you a lot of money for my college loans, but this is what I can afford monthly. I want you to be happy. I want to be happy. I want you to feel like money's coming back. I want to feel like I'm handling this so you're not adding fees and charges on top of it. And we came up with something very low and very reasonable. Don't be afraid to reach out saying, I need help paying for this. I'm, I'm behind they will help you. They'd rather you make contact and do a payment plan than to just ignore them and having all those charges added on and it going on your credit and it permanently working against you later in your life. You do not want that. Um, I, 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 with most things in life and mental health, the way out is by going in and through. You can't just ignore or deny bills <laughs> and loans and, and debt. It, it will come back to bite you. There are now things like, if you want to renew your passport, they're not letting you do that if you owe money to the IRS. Different agencies are, are getting together to try to support, um, not us, but the debt. Know that as we're trying to get Biden to cancel student debt, which doesn't look like he's going to do, and shame on him, because as adults, those decisions we made as teenagers are not decisions we were mature enough or ready to make. All right, other steps, though, for dealing with financial stress. Um, Recognizing uh, how you deal with stress related to money. So what that means is as a result of the awareness that you owe this money, as a result of your financial stress, what coping mechanisms have you been choosing thus far? Because what we'd really like to do is not use negative ones, thereby making things harder in our lives. We'd like to choose ones that are transformative and positive AKA self-care oriented, ones that leave us feeling better off. So are you smoking more as a result of all that stress? Are you maybe drinking or drugging more as a result of that stress? Gambling, right? Like what kind of coping mechanisms have you been using? Because that can make it worse for you, for your family, between partners. What's that like when your partner needs to talk to you about a bill that's overdue and you're over there drinking and drugging or whatever it is you're doing as a way to cope? Also, some people withhold. Um, We do want to have that serious but difficult conversation with our other. If we haven't been bringing them into the truth about what's going on, because that's another way we try to deny is we're going to ignore the bills and all that. And we're going to hide it from our partner. And then it's a betrayal when they find out or we tell them because then they don't know how to trust us. We've got to take a little break. We'll come back, keep talking about this because this is a big one. It's an important one. So stick around You're listening to love line with Dr. Chris on channel Q and odyssey. We'll be right back. so before the break we were talking about how complicated it gets when we withhold from our partner who is impacted by debt and stress and bills and all of that when we withhold from them what's really going on it harms us but it harms them and it harms the relationship because then they lose trust and they feel blindsided and they don't feel as though you've been really considering them and i appreciate that it's because of your anxiety and to tell them means you have to maybe step into action, but I, I want you to step into action. I want you to be able to lean on your partner and let them support you through this. But you have to be willing to let them know what's going on and I know that it's very hard, but we need to do that. Because if we don't, then sometimes we really rely on problematic coping mechanisms or they get worse, the drinking, the drugging, the smoking, gambling, whatever it might be, the compulsive spending. Um, it leads to more arguments, more conflict, more distance. So be alert alert of all that. Um, Get support around that. But I want you to be able to lean on and turn to your partner, but you you also don't want to keep them in the dark and withhold it from them. It doesn't feel good. And so it does become somewhat of a marital relational problem when all this is going on and we're not telling them. I work with some of those partners, and it kind of leaks out of that area. Well, if I can't trust them financially and they've been withholding all this information from me, Well, how can I trust them then in other ways? And the inverse happens, where the person who's withholding the information is struggling with it on their own. So they start distancing more and more from their partner because they have shame and they have guilt and they don't want it to come up. So now they're hiding and they're distancing and then that impacts the relationship on other levels. Less affection, less sex, less presence, less, less time together, irritable feelings. Neither one knows why. Something wrong with the marriage. And all this because we're afraid to say we have debt issues or we have financial issues. And I haven't been telling you. I didn't know how to put this into language. I need your support through this. I need your care through this. Because you do. We need others to be there with us, but we have to give them that opportunity. So we need to bring them into these struggles. Don't, don't keep it from them and don't struggle on your own. It's not good for anyone. Um, The next step for financial freedom after we got through all that is avoiding temptation. Don't make things worse by taking out new credit cards, more credit cards, continuing to spend. That's why this is important that we talk about around the holidays. If you are in bad financial shape, please do not find a way to get gifts this year. Please do not take out more debt and credit cards to make sure Christmas is business as usual. We need to be able to have Christmases and holidays and birthdays and all these sorts of things that are rooted in the reality of what's going on in our lives It does no one any justice by overspending or overperforming beyond what's comfortable, even though it's Valentine's Day, even though it's your anniversary, even though it's their birthday, or even though it's Christmas. If you don't have the finances, we all need to be adults and and find other ways to feel cared for. spending money and gifts should not be the only way you feel cared for. And don't give me that crap that it's your love language. Be an adult. We have more flexibility than that. And we have other ways of feeling loved. And sometimes we need to mature out of what we're used to or most familiar with. Love language is a theory. That is not a black and white diehard thing that's unchangeable. So let's be bigger than that. Some people try to pull that card. But that's my love language. Great. Grow up. Expand that. Make that more flexible. Okay, because you're, you know, finances and mental health matters more than you, you, you know, getting what you want uh, material wise. Like we gotta get out of that materialism. So maybe Christmas is different this year. Hey guys. We're going to go do something as a family, or we're going to, we're going to, you know, make each other gifts, or we're going to just find other ways to express love and care for each other. We're just happy that we have each other. We just had, you know, a tornado rip through a bunch of States and take lives and completely shift people's lives. Let's just be glad that we're here. You know what I mean? So it, it really brings you back to truth, but avoid temptation. Um, Especially, like I said now, with all those deals and those steals where they're like, yeah, but it's 60% off or it's 20% off. Yeah, but do you really need that? Should you be spending that money right now? Do you already have a few of them that you need? You know what I mean? So maybe choose something social over shopping and avoid opportunities to impulsively spend. Leave your credit cards at home. And like I said, we're working on having a budget. Only spend what you can spend. Only maybe take with you in cash what you've budgeted out for. You have to set up the necessary speed bumps and roadblocks. If you're gonna overspend, don't take your credit cards. If you're gonna overspend, have the limit reduced on your credit cards. If you're gonna overspend, don't go or only bring pocket cash. Yes, be smart about it, 100%. We're not putting ourselves into debt needlessly. We're not making our anxiety worse, especially not right now. You know, there's a lot of things going on in the world. Um, Also, which I've been advocating for over and over, remember what everything's about. Remember what anniversaries are really about. Remember what birthdays are really about. Remember what Valentine's Day and Christmas is really about. Showing care and and spending money is not equivalent to showing care. In fact, that's a very easy, lazy way to do it often. Express care with your words, truly, or your presence, or by being a better partner or friend. Remember what's important, consumerism, materialism. It overshadows what these holidays are really about, truly. And when your expenses are beyond what your budget is, it's acceptable and appropriate to scale back. So remind everyone that relationship and care means more than material objects, and now's a great time to do that. I know that that's hard, but... What a great way to teach ethics and lessons to people and to let them feel empowered around this. Because I know a lot of people struggle to buy a, a, a wedding ring um, or, or wedding budgets. And we're, we're just such a culture of overspending because we think we have to perform perfection or what will people think? And it's like, we need to get out of that. We need to get out of that, especially now, especially now. So think about that. Um, and then finally, as for support, You know, research shows having a support system helps you hold yourself accountable, helps you reach your goals, but also helps you with the mental health because someone's in it with you. So reach out to some people you can trust, not just for solutions, but also just for support, you know, to check in on you. And ideally that would be one of your primary partners too. Bring them into this, let them know what's going on, let them know what you're struggling with. We don't have to go through these things together. I'm sorry, we don't have to go through these things alone and we certainly shouldn't if we are part of community or in a relationship. Um, All right, we gotta take a little break. And then we'll be back. And then after that, we're going to be closing out on some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. That's any questions you got, topics you want covered, things you want us to circle back to. We are happy to hear from you. And uh, past episodes, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, share, re listen. Stick around, though, we'll be right back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q in Odyssey. Oh, Rachel, we're back and we're finishing up our discussion about financial stress. Um, Really important. 64% of Americans are really stressed about their finances and studies show over and over that there's a massive link between financial worries and mental health issues like depression, anxiety, problematic drug and alcohol use. So these issues definitely impact your mental health. Excuse me. And although we can't completely resolve it because these are real stressors in play, we can find ways to maybe manage it better or reduce it or even move towards some solutions. And we we're kind of going out, going through a few of those. Um, you know, I was talking about not overspending, creating a budget, tracking your spending, um, really keeping yourself accountable to what's possible, letting others around you know what's going on. Other things that people have talked about doing is paying essential bills first. Like what are the things that most require payment, like electricity and food? Those things get covered first. So maybe you got to do a little bit of a hierarchy of where the money should be going first. Um, Other things is trying to actually save. And again, that's part of the budget is by cutting back or doing some things at home. You can really start to kind of keep some money around. Uh, Prioritize what you can control. You know, some of these things are tackable and resolvable and that will give you a sense of competence, uh, competence and mastery, a little confidence around that. Um, I think one of the bigger ones was reach out to the lenders and let them know you're struggling and they'll be happy to set up a payment plan because they'd rather stay in contact and get money every month than be tracking you down and chasing you and getting nothing. And I know that that's hard, but it's not as scary as you think it is. It's really smart to do that. But if you're in a primary relationship, I think it's important that this becomes a topic that you both get familiar discussing because this is something that's going to be a part of your life for the duration of, your, duration of your relationship. So get comfortable talking about it. We don't want to just ignore it or think it's going to go away. You and your partner should talk about how much you're spending. Maybe you're going out too often. Maybe you're going out too often on date nights. Maybe one person is paying too much. Uh, Maybe you need to be eating at home or cooking at home or doing things that are cheaper. I know that's hard early on in the dating process to say that to maybe someone you're with, but it's okay to say, I need to send, I need to save some money. So we need to go on different kinds of dates. There's a lot of things that are free out there. Start Googling that, especially around the holidays. Um, And I think finally, one of the most important things is to start educating yourself. Uh, A lot of us were raised without these skills. We don't always talk about it in school or with family members. So you're gonna have to do some research. How do I cope with financial stress? What are ways to start tackling financial debt? What are ways to create a budget? How do I start putting money away for retirement? Yeah, you got to educate yourself. But that's my answer to everything. Even if you're working with a doctor or a therapist or financial planner, still do some education. I tell my clients that all the time. Between sessions, get some reliable resources and start learning, whatever the topic is. You have to be an expert on your issue. You have to become an expert, but we'd like to hand that over to the experts. They can be there to guide us and help us, but we don't want to put our entire lives in their hands. So, yeah, you got to do some learning. You got to start. You got to put the time in. So maybe carve out some time during the week, you and your partner or just yourself and start Googling some of the main problems and what the solutions are. Like I said, a lot of these institutions are willing to help because they want some of their money back, but you shouldn't have to go through this alone. But I think that educational piece is something that really throws a lot of people off. Um, I think a lot of people just want some kind of quick, easy answer. And if you are in a primary committed relationship, maybe you want to talk about joint spending, a joint account, uh, talking about the different lifestyle choices you each make and how that impacts your, you know, couple's finances. Um, Also salary differences. It shouldn't be 50-50 if people aren't making the same amount of money. Whoever's making more should pay more at dinner or for groceries or for rent. It's just fair. It's just loving. Uh, 50, 50 doesn't work if that amount is going to have a larger impact on someone else. So be fair about it. If you're making way more, you should pay way more because that's also about you wanting to have the experiences you want to have. Um, or you've got to live at a lower level for the lower income generating partners needs to get met. So you either pay more so they can meet you where you're at and live in your lifestyle, or you gotta drop down to theirs and you're gonna be living at a lower lifestyle. But 50-50 isn't reasonable for most couples because they're not making the same amount of money. And so I always advocate for it not being rooted in that way. But you have to have the same expectations, you know? Um, Really, really have the same expectations because uh, it's something we have to both be able to talk about, but you know, uh, our, our shame and guilt and, and our transparency around it is part of our mental health. And I want people to be able to say like, hey, it's a rough week or it's a rough month or it's been a rough year. And so I'm approaching money differently and we need to do that as a couple. There's, we got to get rid of that. We got to get out of that classist mindset of our worth and our value being tied to how much money we're making. Because often that's outside of our hands. There's so much in why we are in the class we are in socioeconomically. And that's a wider topic for a different show, how we land there and, and all of that, the victimization within that. But I want us to be able to be more honest about who we are, where we are with that, and what our needs are as a result of that. So... Um but that also shows the health of our partner, their ability to meet us in that conversation and to hear hear our concerns around that. You know, most things around mental health, our partner's response really tells us about them. So, all right, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna be sliding into those DMs. So, if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. That is questions you got, topics you want covered, things you want us to circle back to and we are channelq.com is where you want to go to check out past episodes of loveline scroll down look for loveline click on it you can binge post share re listen lots of great stuff back there because it's all about that repetition and that practice but like i said stick around we'll be right back you're listening to loveline with dr chris on channel q and odyssey we'll be back after the end of a good fight you deserve a nice cold reward Alright y'all, we are back and now it's time to slide into those DMs.
1: Sliding into the DMs.
2: This one says, hey Dr. Chris, my name is Miranda and I've been in the nightclub industry since I was 18. Before the pandemic, I was a dancer, bartender at a a few local spots. Met my girlfriend at the bar. We've been dating for a little over a year. We live together now because of the pandemic. Starting to think it was a mistake because we weren't ready. Oh, see, remember that at the beginning of the pandemic when people are like, well, hey, we should just live together or we should quarantine together. Uh, that was a gift for some people. It was also a, a tragedy for others. Uh, didn't necessarily pan out for everyone. Not the best reason to uh, decide to cohabitate with someone. Also not the best reason to uh, perform close, committed relationship. Just wanna kinda call that out. Uh, because, you know, remember, we shouldn't be relationshiping. We should be dating. And dating is taking our time, seeing multiple people, letting milestones be achieved getting to know how compatible we are, and then deciding if this is someone that we wanna be in a relationship with. We shouldn't just get into relationshiping without having not dated first. So date, then relationship. Don't just relationship from the door. People do that. In the beginning, it's all lust and hormones and projection and fantasy, and that's okay. We need that to uh, drive us towards someone and to compel us to keep seeing them. But at some point, all that quiets down and conflict starts emerging and different events start happening. And that's when we really get to assess ourselves and our partner and the relationship that we build with them. So we want to allow those things to naturally occur, but some people try to jump over all that. So, you know, we have to be together through that early initial phase to land in the place where we can better assess. So got to give it some time. Anyway, uh, you're starting to think it was a mistake. You said my work is struggling and she works, but it's not enough to take care of us both. Oh, here we go. So here it is. So I want to start in OnlyFans, which by the way, just so everyone knows, it's a very saturated market. It is very high. It's very hard at this point, I'm sorry, to really create the uh, kind of profile and incomes that people were at the beginning. Just want to point that out. Uh, OnlyFans is a lot of work. I think people think it's a little bit easier than it is. You have to be constantly putting out new content to keep subscribers. You have to put out high quality content. So the lighting, the footage, it can't just be the same repetitious thing. So just remember that. I think everyone thinks that kind of work is easier than it is, but it's a, it's, it's labor. Uh, but anyway, you want to start an OnlyFans? fans. You said I'm used to the industry and don't really see what the difference is between me dancing on stage and dancing in front of a camera for strangers and money. Okay. Uh, she, however, threatened to break up with me if I do it. I don't understand why how can I make her see that this is just a way of survival right now? You have to explain that to her. But first I would listen to what her concerns are because if you're already a dancer, you're in real time dancing for people. But to make extra money, you wanna also do it at home. I would assume that would make her feel maybe more, more safe or more comfortable because she can be engaged, involved, whatever it is. But somehow to her, there's a distinction. Find out what that distinction is. Um, I don't see one but uh, she does, so find out what that is. But more importantly, you have to also decide how important is this relationship to me? What means more to me? Relationships, we sometimes have to compromise on some things, but not things that are vitally important to us, and you have to decide how important is it to you. Uh, We're gonna have to be willing to give up some things. Remember, relationship can't be business as usual. Someone's just dropped into our lives, nothing has to change, that's not how they go. But we don't wanna have to change important parts of who we are. Like the other night, someone's girlfriend wanted them to give up their dog. Uh, because they were co-parenting with an ex. We're not giving into things like that. That's not reasonable. So find out what her reasons are. What makes her anxious about you doing it on camera versus doing it in real time? Because again, to me, it's a very similar thing. Uh, Safer doing it at home. Well, actually, maybe not. If you're working in a club that has good management and security, I shouldn't say it's not safe. Um, Yeah, but again, hear her out. And if it's reasonable, honor it. And if it's not, you can say, I'm sorry. That's a hard line I have. But it's very odd that they would threaten to break up with you over that. Um, it's very hard-lined over something that I don't see as really impacting them at all, but um, be open to hearing how it does. All right, y'all, that is our show. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions you got, we got answers. Topics you want us to hit, we'll hit them. Things you want us to circle back to, we will circle back to it, let us know. And past episodes are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, share, re-listen. Join us tomorrow, though. We'll be back, dropping lots of gems on you, things to learn, uh, entertaining as well. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out. And uh, be kind to yourselves and those around you. And you enjoy the rest of your night.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.